Hi, everyone. It's Mark Stenson, and you've come to the podcast, Unlocking Your World of Creativity. And the great thing about this podcast is we get to talk to people in all walks of life and all kinds of businesses about their creative process and their creative projects and uh, how they organize their thoughts, how they make connections, how they uh, get their creative work out into the world. And my guest today is Michael Hamm. And, you know, Michael is one of those guys that there's a resume description of Michael, and then there's the open the hood, see what's underneath uh, description of, of what he is versus what he does and all of the above. Michael, it's just so great to have you. Uh, it's great to be on here. That was a great intro. And like I just mentioned to you before we started recording, this is only my third time as a guest on a podcast, and I love being a guest. So <laughs> I don't have to do any work. So I'm just going to kind of sit back and enjoy the ride from Mark Stinson, you know? There you go. And quite yeah. a roller coaster it's going to be. I can't wait. I love yeah. roller coasters. I'll put well, my hands up the whole episode. That's right. And he'll be uh, screaming, and then there'll be that after photo, yeah. you know, of that <laughs> face he made, right, coming yeah. down. Yeah. Right. Unlocking. Your world of creativity with Mark Stinson, copyright 2021. My guest today is Michael Hamm. Michael, it's just so great to have you. Uh, it's great to be on here. Well, I met Mike oh, just a couple of weeks ago at another creative forum where we were networking with all sorts of people who are doing these kind of interview projects. And I just found his program great. So by resume, Mike is a sales executive with Fidelity National Title Group. It's the nation's largest group of title companies. But what he's really doing is networking around his city and finding this next generation of New Jersey leaders. And that's what I love, this young professionals. You know, you're connecting them, you're networking them, collaborating, putting them all together. And that's really how your program started. And you're, now you're the host of this The Morning Spotlight, probably top-rated program in Morristown, New Jersey now. I think it's the, yeah, definitely. It might be the only one, but it's definitely yeah. the top-rated one. <laughs> well, what was the genesis of this program where you were trying to reach out to these young professionals and the other businesses around your city? Uh, so basically, this program, The Morning Spotlight, started kind of out of nowhere. So basically what my job is, my, my whole job is networking. Right. So you talked about how I'm a sales executive for Fidelity National Title Group. So I sell title insurance, which for your listeners who may not be uh, aware of or, or knowledgeable about what it is, um, it's part of the real estate industry. It's probably the least sexy subject in the real estate industry that you could possibly find. I like my job. I mean, I have a lot of fun doing it. I get to meet a lot of people, but it's all built on relationships and service. And as I mentioned to you before we started, I was a college baseball coach before I started doing this job. So I came into this with no background in real estate or anything relevant uh, that could be useful for what I'm doing now. So I kind of had to figure it out as fast as I could. So because it's all relationship driven, I just started focusing on people that were around my age. Like I'm 30 and I started like calling on attorneys, real estate attorneys, developers, lenders, people in the real estate brokers, people in the real estate field that were in my age range kind of, and started the next generation of New Jersey, which was an in-person networking group. And we would meet every other month for like a little happy hour. You come, you pay for your own drinks. You know, you meet some people that are in the real estate field. Then that kind of also morphed into we would do some larger real estate focused events. And then obviously when the pandemic started here in New Jersey, between March and pretty much June, everything was shut down. And I had already had these groups that I had started and ran. So I was able to kind of remobilize them and start some virtual events, which we started back in uh, probably the middle of March. 
and those were great. I mean, we would do them every Tuesday night at five o'clock and we did those for 13 straight weeks and we would get probably 35 to 45 people every week. It's impressive that we were able to go for that long. Also super depressing that we had to do it for that long. Um, and we eventually kind of moved it to every other week. And, you know, we were a little lax doing them over the summer because people were actually able to get outside and do stuff. But I was getting so much traction on LinkedIn because of those events. So I would post about them and tag the people that were attending. So then I decided to leverage that because uh, I had always heard that video was a good way to get yourself out on LinkedIn. And that's where the majority of my clients and connections are, are on LinkedIn. So I started this morning spotlight LinkedIn video series where every morning at uh, 9 a.m. I would post a video of me, just five minute video of me talking to a networking partner, a client, a friend, whatever it was about what it is that they did. I figured that would go for probably three weeks because everyone was telling me like, oh, you're going to run out of content if you go every single day. So I would do Monday through Friday. I went for 12 weeks. So we did 60 episodes over a 12 week span. Um, and then obviously, as you could imagine, as a show host yourself, that gets to be a lot to handle when I'm doing the scheduling, the recording, the re-recording <laughs> in some, in some cases, the posting, everything. And uh, so I started to transition it into what the show is now. So now it's just more traditional podcast. We post an episode a week, sometimes two, if I have something different that I want to talk about. It's predominantly real estate focused, but doesn't necessarily have to be. I mean, mm -hmm. I've talked to a lot of different people in a lot of different walks of life and fields and stuff. So yeah, if um, you've talked to that many people, I mean, the dozens of businesses, yeah. they might have a real estate angle, but they're, they're certainly talking about them, right. themselves and their own business, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. it's so interesting what you were talking about, uh, Mike, is as far as some people would say, hey, it morphed. Some people would say I pivoted, you know, a very popular word in the startup world. But you really solved for a problem. I mean, and I think to, to our theme of creativity, you said, hey, I, I probably won't be having live happy hours. So yeah. uh, how else could we do it? I mean, what were some of the other ideas that were bouncing around or maybe people suggested, but you, you went through these ideas and you said, here's how I could do it. Uh, so I am the type of person that, and this might be a detriment to myself. I am not really a planner. I am just somebody that kind of just like jumps in, gets his hands dirty and just tries it. Um, like with those virtual networking events that I was talking about, I was looking at a lot of different platforms to try to figure out how to go about getting my message out to people. Um, and getting the people to actually show up to the event. So we tried Zoom, we tried Remo, we tried all these different platforms. A friend of mine and I were like, looking at a couple and it was a Monday. So we were, the two of us were on this one platform, Remo, that we used for the, for the events. It was Monday and he's like, oh, this could be really good. And I was like, all right, I'm running an event tomorrow. <laughs> and he's like, well, don't you want to like take some time and actually get people to come? I'm like, no, I was like, I just want to, I just want to try it if it works great. If not, then I'll go do something else. I'll try something different. It was the same thing with the, with the video series. Like I mentioned, I mean, people kind of, you know, it was just something born out of like boredom, you know, being in my apartment, a one bedroom apartment in Morristown, New Jersey, you know, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, couldn't go anywhere. So I was like, I'm just going to try this. And I just always been someone that's just going to like take stuff, throw it against the wall, see what sticks and then just kind of roll with it if it does. And if it doesn't, then I just kind of move on and, and do something else. And that I'm sure if I had planned stuff a little bit better, it might be different every now and then it kind of just like, you know, like you said, pivot, you know, changes, morphs, just because I have like a different idea that I want to try now. Those were just some, some things that just kind of popped into my head. And I, I don't really know. People say sometimes like a friend of mine, uh, a really good friend of mine, she's a, a marketer. She used to work for eBay, their marketing department. And she tells me all the time, but like, she's like, your marketing plan is tremendous. 
And I'm like, well, that's very flattering because I have no marketing plan. <laughs> I am literally just kind of like, you know, it's like, it's I, I always the seat of the pants plan. Exactly. Yeah. I kind of fly by the seat of the pants, but like, I always, if you get me on, if I get myself on the right track, you better get off the tracks because the train's coming through and it's not stopping. It's not waiting. It's not planning. It's not, you know, like leaving things in the kitty. It's like, it's we're rolling. Mm -hmm. And that is something that I think that has helped the show expand to the extent that it has because the, uh, the podcast portion started in July. I don't really know kind of where the ideas come from. It's just kind of like, I, I think that sometimes people have like that paralysis by analysis kind of thing. So if you're trying to put together a show and put together like what the message is or really in anything, I think, I think you just have to like, at least in my opinion, you just have to go for it. Like at some point, I understand that planning is important, but at some point you just got to like take that leap of faith and just, and just do it. And if it works great. And if not, then whatever. Like, I mean, like, I don't think I sound like a traditional podcast host. Like I don't have the velvety voice of Mark Stinson. I have <laughs> oh, my, yes. Jersey, yes. my Jersey voice that I just, you know, like, and I, as you could see, I mean, this is, we're probably listening to this on audio. Like I talk with my hands a lot. I mean, I don't, you know, I got the beard, the glasses, the hat, yeah. the whole thing. There, there is um, a little Jersey thing going on there. Yeah. So but I'm I mean, you've always balanced this when you're doing the seat of the pants plan, but what's the worst that could happen? You know, is anybody going to get hurt? Are we going to lose a lot of money? And if the answer is really no to any of those, I mean, you know, let's just go with it. And yeah. uh, you can alpha, beta, theta, gamma, test it all you want. But sooner or later, it's like, hey, let's push the button and let's go live. Yeah. Uh, have you adapted or improved or changed the program over time as you say, hey, I'm getting more comfortable with this or I'm getting some feedback or I want to serve the guests a little better? I mean, how, how have you done that? Um, yeah. So like that was uh an interesting kind of transition, I guess. So when we started doing the virtual networking events, that was the first time that I ever really been on camera and like talking to people like we are right now on a Zoom call or a remote call, whatever it is, obviously born out of necessity for what 2020 presented to us. But when I first started doing those virtual events, I was like so awkward and uncomfortable and everybody was because nobody was used to that. Right. And then even, I mean, if you go back and you watch some of the first few episodes of what the morning spotlight started as the LinkedIn video series, which are all on YouTube, those were like, so like structured and so stiff and not as like, it, it wasn't, uh, I wasn't letting my personality kind of shine through, you know what I mean? So, I mean, I think you can tell, like I have a personality for sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and like when I would do those shows, I wanted to make sure that they were perfect. And I wanted to make sure that like I was asking the right questions. I was able to kind of fit it into that five minute window that I would usually try to get it under. I would have the person send me the, the questions beforehand. So I would read them. So basically I was like reading off a teleprompter in front of me. And now I just kind of just go. And like, mm -hmm. it's, it's all just kind of been like just getting more and more comfortable doing what I do, because that's like what I said before. I mean, it's changed and kind of gotten to different points, the show and, and just my on-camera presence, just because I've just been doing it. And that's like with anything, I think, and I think you would agree with that. The more you do something, the, the better you get at it. No, it makes sense. And what do you think about the, I guess, if we flip it inside out, obviously there's been benefits to you personally and creatively, benefits maybe to your business for the building this kind of content and network. But what do you think about the community? What do you think about the people who have been part of the network and participating in it? How do you think they've coalesced or come together? What benefits do you think it's provided the businesses you've been talking to? I think it's been, especially from the networking side, I think it's been huge because like I mentioned before, I mean, you're in, you said Idaho, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not sure how COVID 
has been in Idaho, but at least from, like I was mentioning before, between March and June here in New Jersey, it was like super oh, locked oh, down, definitely the same. you know, yeah. um, uh, hospitals were full and, and, you know, my, my girlfriend's a nurse at a hospital here in, um, and she was, you know, dealing with COVID patients. So it was just like a crazy, a crazy time. People were just so desperate for human contact, you know, like they just had lost that. And, you know, especially somebody that like being in New Jersey and living in this environment, like if you walk down the street to go get a cup of coffee, you're going to bump into 20 people, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. you know, like you're going to come within six feet of 20 people. And obviously just getting that taken away was just like a super shock to the system. Like if we lived in the middle of nowhere, maybe, you know, the whole social distancing, the social distancing concept is maybe not as jarring to us, but because we always just like are used to being around people all the time. And it's just part of the way that we live. I mean, it's the most densely populated state in the country, yeah. you know, so we're just always around people. And I think that what was happening was people were just looking for that. And I think that that, helped the virtual networking kind of get off the ground pretty quickly because people were just looking to have conversations. And I think it gave them an outlet to network and, and grow their businesses because I know people got business out of the, those events. Like I know for a fact, it happened to me, it happened to others. And I know that from the, the podcast side of it, whether it was the videos or the podcast now, it's provided another platform for people to kind of just learn about people that I know. You know, and I think the way that I structure my show and the way that I kind of operate, like I don't do a ton of prep as you, you know, I know that's weird for me to say, but, (laughs) um, but I just like, I want it to be organic. I want it to be natural. I want it to be like you and me sitting at a coffee shop or at a bar, having a beer or having a coffee, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, and just having a conversation, just somebody kind of hits record and and you kind of roll with that. And I think that that was something that kind of provided not only an outlet for people to kind of get their message out and all that, but just to, you know, interact in their, a different kind of way, you know? And I think that like, that's something that was really important for people. And I think that's why the show and the network and the people that I network with and all that have benefited from it greatly, I think. Yeah. I mean, because it's at least some, it's my yeah. show. Well, yeah. but but you're also saying the natural. Hey, I ran into somebody, got taken away. So maybe virtually, yeah. and that's why I have as my uh, virtual background here on Zoom, a coffee shop. I mean, yeah. I just, I miss the just. Hey, you bumped into somebody at a coffee shop, or exactly. you just said, Hey, let's meet for coffee, and a half hour later, you've got a seed of some big big idea. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Well, Mike, you you went by something pretty fast there a minute ago, and that was your uh, baseball coaching and even your collegiate baseball career. You know, here I read this whole bio, and then I go to your LinkedIn, and there's a decade worth of baseball coaching, playing, operations of a clinic, all these other things. But tell us a little bit about that. And of course, the, the natural question is some of the lessons learned that maybe you brought forward into your business life. Yeah. So basically grew up playing baseball. Like my dad taught me how to play baseball and was a coach of mine growing up and then was lucky enough to play in college at the college in New Jersey, which is right outside of Trenton. And then I was a political science major. So that was why I got my bachelor's degree in. Didn't know what I wanted to do with that. It just kind of happened. And then I had a semester to go in the fall. I had already graduated. I mean, I had finished playing. My, my playing career was over. I just asked the head coach like, Hey, you know, I know we need a pitching coach. If you, if you want to try me out, I would have, I'm going to be around, like I'll, I'll do it for the fall. So 
did it and he agreed to it. I did okay. He kept me on for the spring. Then I got a job at a Franklin and Marshall College in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, then St. John Fisher College up in Rochester, New York, where I was a grad assistant there. And I think just having like a sports background and, I, and I've talked to a couple of different professional athletes on my show and we all, I mean, granted, they were at a much higher level than I was ever at. But just I think athletics as a whole and especially baseball, like failure is such a big part of baseball. Right. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, it's like that old cliche, like if you fail seven out of 10 times, you only get a hit three out of 10 times, you're going to go to the hall of fame. Right. Which is, you know, kind of a goofy saying, but it's true. You know, like if you're, if you're that good and you're able to do it that well, you know, then, then you're failing 70% of the time, but still finding a lot of success. And I think for me, especially in my playing career, I was a pitcher. And then I got one start my freshman year and got two outs in the first inning, got pulled, never started another game for the rest of my life, but was a reliever after that. And my, by my senior year, I was closing games and it, it teaches you like, if, if you pitch one day and you blow a lead on a Thursday and you have to come back and pitch on Friday, you need to have like that short memory mentality. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's just, it's one of those things where I think that that, from a playing side has kind of helped me approach business and sales, especially, and, and, and doing this kind of stuff and not, you know, like you hear, like we were talking about before, people kind of are hesitant to do things because they're afraid of like what could happen, you know, and me, I am like the total opposite and just jumping into it, you know, and whatever splash I make, I make, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I think that that is something that was really important uh, just in my own life is just being able to just kind of not worry about, the consequences, which is sometimes bad, but just taking the bull by the horns, doing it and seeing what happens. Like my favorite quote is a Gandhi quote, and I'm going to give it to you. If you're going to be a bear, be a grizzly, which is like my favorite quote of all time, because it just kind of like encapsulates the way that I played, the way that I approach life, I guess. Like if you're going to do something, if you're going to be a bear, why wouldn't you be the most biggest badass bear that you could possibly be? You know what I'm saying? And and I wanted to hear Gandhi say it that way. Right. Well, yeah, it's the Mike Ham version of Gandhi. That's right. Yeah. Um, but, 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 you know, you're also talking about two things there with the, with the pitching. And I mean, I think a lot of people say, you know, what I got from sports was my competitiveness and things like that. But yeah. you're talking about this, uh, you know, resilience, this comeback after the loss. You know, there's a tenacity of that. Um, that, you know, Hey, I got knocked down on Thursday, but I got back up on Saturday and came yeah. at it again. But you also were talking about, you know, uh, maybe that's where the seat of the pants comes in, but Hey, if the coach calls your number, you know, in the eighth inning, you can't say, well, I'm not really feeling it right now. No, I would never <laughs> say that. That's like, that's you literally know? not even in my vocabulary. That's what I mean. It's like, Hey, okay. Put me in. Let's go. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yes, yeah. I warmed up, but I didn't think about it. I didn't worry about it. I wasn't fearful about it. You know, it's like, yeah, hey, it's, it's my number was called and I'm coming out. You know, let's yep. get it on. Yeah, there, there was plenty of times where like I was sitting in the dugout and not really feeling great. And he would he knew it and he would come up to me and be like, I need you to go get get loose because we're going to need you to put you in. And I'm like, you know, I always will always take the ball and I'll always get out there and, and do my thing as best as I can. And I but in my head, I'm like, Oh boy. All right. Let's just, let's see what happens, you know, which is like, you know, what I'm talking about here. Yes. Uh, but I do think like, I understand that what you were saying about from the competitiveness standpoint. And I think that like, I'm competitive, you know, not incredibly like some of these people that you talk to that were in sports at different levels mm-hmm. and all that definitely competitive. But at the same time, like one of the things that I took away from sports is just like the camaraderie of being around a team. And I think that that is something like my best friends are, guys that I played with in college. Like I have like six really close friends. 
Uh, we all played baseball together in college. We still get together, obviously less now than, you know, we would in not in a pandemic, but, but like we've been in each other's weddings, we've been like all, all different kinds of stuff. And I think that that is something that has really carried over into the business world for me and the, and the podcasting world, the networking world is just being able to kind of like build out that team because you're just like, you need people, you need to be able to rely on people, you know, and, and if, it, if it's a teammate, if it's a networking partner, if it's a client, if it's whatever, you need to be able to trust that they're going to, I mean, granted, the only person that's going to do what, what you need to do for yourself is number one, that's you, right? But you need to be able to rely on other people to kind of pick up the slack where you can't, you know, like, do that thing. You know, sure. like if I'm pitching, I can't also play outfield. I can't also catch. I can't also score runs for our team. I can't, you know, play shortstop. Right. So you need to be able to rely on those guys to kind of do their jobs to help you get to where you need to go. And it's the same thing in business. Like, you know, I need to rely on my team of like, I don't actually put together title commitments that we have a team that sits, mm -hmm. you know, in five offices in New Jersey that are good at what they do and they do it. And I rely on them. I don't bother them unless I need to. Um, and they just, they get the job done. And the same thing from the networking side. I mean, I've relied very heavily on, on certain people over the course of this year and my career as a title insurance salesperson because I trust them. And I think that is something that I have definitely pulled from being an athlete and being a part of a team sport and all that kind of stuff that has kind of helped me get to kind of where I am right now. Yeah, that's so good because I think a lot of people would think, uh, and I'm, I'm guilty of this a lot of times myself, it's when I think about I need a team or I need collaborators or I need to network, it's what can I get from them? But you're also saying the trust factor is yeah. that, you know, the team is trusting each other to play the position they're playing. Yeah. And not saying, well, the outfielder's not so good, so I'm going to run out there and try to catch the ball too. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, well, that's yeah. going to be a long day. Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, and probably not I mean, all that good. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, it wouldn't be very good. Um, but definitely, I mean, from a networking standpoint, and I did a whole episode on networking with three networkers here in New Jersey that I really respect. Like the one thing that I think from a networking standpoint, that's really important is the idea that like people go about networking sometimes the wrong way. It's like, what, what could I get from them? But it needs to kind of be like, what can we do together? Because like, that's, you know, how you, you make it work. Like I always talk about like making the network work for you, you know, and it's not about taking, it's about like being able to give them something or make a connection for them that eventually helps you because that's how you build that trust. Because I mean, I'm sure you've seen it. Like, I mean, you could, you could smell that person like a mile away. They come in and they are not looking to help you at all. And they are just looking to take mm -hmm. and people that just take they don't last too long in any kind of business. You need to be able to give back. And like, that's what I've been trying to do with the networking events that we've been trying to do with the show is give back to people that have helped me in a lot of different ways and just kind of give them a platform because I know that I'm, I mean, this is going to sound, you know, a little bit uh, cocky, I guess. I know that I'm good at this and I know that I can kind of give people a platform to talk about themselves. And I think that that's a powerful way for me to kind of add some value to what I do as uh, my normal nine to five and just in life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Very good. And so Mike, uh, how do you see things proceeding? You know, we're, we're off and running in 2021 now. How do you see things developing both for the program and for what you see as what's next? So I am excited for 2021. And I, and I think a lot of people like, you know how you see all those like memes and stuff on social medias and they're like, Oh, this is the worst year ever. Like I can't wait for 2021. And this year has, stunk it's been a it's been a crap year honestly but i think like the nice thing is that you've seen people kind of develop 
in different ways. And like, I think that one of the things that I'm really excited about is being able to take this, what I've been able to build since March, whether that's the virtual networking stuff or the show itself, take that, you have the in-person, you have the virtual stuff and marry those two together to kind of see if you can accelerate yourself forward. Because I mean, you're in Idaho, I'm in New Jersey. We would have never talked outside of a virtual event, yes, right? That's right? And like that's happened. I mean, the last couple of guests I had, one was from Tacoma, Washington. One was from San Diego. One was from the next week we have Omaha, Nebraska. Like we're all over the place, right? And then that would have never happened but for virtual stuff. So I think the, vir and I've met more people this year than I would have ever in a normal year networking at in-person events. But I think that the one thing that you miss is like that personal touch. I think you would agree with me on that. Like yeah, we, uh, yes. we're, we're, we're vibing on this show. I think so. But it's like different when you're sitting down with someone you know, face-to-face. -face. For sure. And I think that being able to take the good of what the virtual world has given us and, and the good of what in-person stuff actually provides and being able to marry those and use those to your advantage, I think whoever figures out the perfect formula is going to crush it. You know, hopefully it's me, but you know, I mean, we'll see. <laughs> because I've had people on the show that normally, like if I were to go to an in-person networking event, I wouldn't really be able to go up and talk to them. I'm too new in the game. They're too mm -hmm, experienced, mm -hmm. but all of a sudden now I have a podcast and now they've been able to come on and talk about whatever commercial real estate taxes, who cares? But maybe that opens up a door where I go to that event and I see him. I'm like, Oh, Hey, Joe, Joe blow. Exactly. Like, you know, I'm um, yeah, Mike, we were on my show and he's like, Oh yeah. yeah. And he Remember happens to be that talking, day. Yes. Yeah. He happens to be talking to two or three other people that I want to talk to. And you know, so the, those are things that I think are going to be able to what I'm really excited about to kind of take the show into 2021 and use it to my advantage to kind of help people, which is the number one goal of the show. And also to help me because at the end of the day, like I don't lose any money from this show, but I also don't make a ton of money directly mm -hmm. from it. Mm -hmm. I made money from it on the back end with my actual job, but I do it. I, you know, I have a $0 budget and I do everything for free and that's kind of how I like to do it. So I think that that's what I'm most excited about, you know, moving forward, just kind of, keeping it going and, and using it to kind of get my message out and, and connect with more people. Yeah. Well, fantastic. And I'll echo uh, what your friend said, love your business model, yeah, right. <laughs> the zero budget in and zero yeah. budget out. It's you know, perfect. It's all yeah. Yeah. Doesn't affect my bottom line at all. Yeah. <laughs> well, Mike, what a terrific conversation. Can't thank you enough for you sharing your experiences and your insights. Where can people connect with you? Direct us to your show, your website, et cetera. Uh, so yeah, so the show is the morning spotlight with Mike Ham. It's on every podcast platform. And being a podcaster, I didn't know there was more than like Apple and Spotify and Google. There's like so many more, but it's all over there. The morning spotlight YouTube page is up and running. We're on social medias at the morning spotlight Instagram. Uh, you can always connect with me on LinkedIn. Like I said, that's where my biggest base is. And then you can always go to the morning spotlight.com. And that's, you could fill out the form, connect with me there. You can check out the store, maybe get yourself a t-shirt if you want. That's kind of where, where I'm at. And my email address is the morning spotlight at gmail.com. All good. And I'll put uh, all these links in the show notes, folks. So if you missed any of that, you can go uh, to the show notes. And I know I, I talk very fast so that I might've gone well, too fast over it, but that's okay. Look, I think we I, got, I the, I got the, you, you got the, the morning spotlight. 
That's yeah, if you what look we at need the morning, to remember. If you look up the morning spotlight on Google, you'll find me. I promise. You'll, you'll come across Mike. Yeah. You'll see That's my it. mug somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> well, my guest has been Michael Ham, obviously a great professional sales executive for Fidelity National Title Group, but also a terrific networker in his business community in his town and the host of this show, The Morning Spotlight, which began, as you've heard Mike's story, as just some video interviews with some people to get to know around the town. But wow, it's really blossomed into a great show. And it's been great to meet you, Michael, and talk more here and get to know you better. Oh, thanks, Mark. I really appreciate it. Like I said, I mean, I love being a guest and this was so much fun. I had a lot of fun doing this with you and good luck with the rest of the show and everything. You're doing yeah. a great job. Uh, well, thanks a lot. Well, listeners, come back again next time for another episode. And we'll talk to people just like Michael in terms of how do you think about an idea gel it and then say, let's get it out there. And maybe you morph it, turn it, twist it, adapt it along the way, but keep moving, keep moving it forward. And I, I love the idea to take away from the sport. Yes, you need some tenacity and resilience, but you also need to learn to use the rest of the team, you know, and that's where the networking comes in. And it's just fantastic. So listeners come back again for the next episode of Unlocking Your World of Creativity. I'm Mark Stenson, and we'll talk to you soon. Unlocking your world of creativity with Mark Stenson. We've created a special offer just for listeners of the podcast. You can get our book, A World of Creativity. Paperback is at a special price of $5.98, and the Kindle version is only $0.99. Cents. Go to my website, mark-stenson.com. The book is featured on the homepage. You can click it and go to Amazon, mark-stenson.com, and enjoy the book.